Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. The birthday girl. Yes. And that's Morgan. Excuse me. She went, That's Morgan, the birthday girl's best friend. <laughs> I'm Morgan, the birthday girl's best friend. <laughs> Your co-host today at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. <laughs> and this is episode 44. Are you feeling 25? I am feeling so 25. You're still feeling 24 because you are yeah, 24 Yeah, I'm still right 24 now. when we're recording this. My birthday is like <laughs> three weeks away when we're recording this. We're almost done. This is our final pre-recording. We did nine episodes. Today. Yes. So next week is still a pre-recording, but like this is the last one that we're, we're recording. We decided to save the best for last. That's right. Of course we had to. Day girl and like we of course and had to have a drink drinking wine and that's yes. when you know it's bad for me that's, that's why when i'm already you know. fucking burping yeah morgan's already not okay but we did just slam an entire thing of sushi an entire thing Dumplings. of lo, lao mein an entire thing of fried rice veggies <laughs> <laughs> we just slammed so good I would the most like sleepy food too that you could pick yeah but i'm good i'm here no but i feel like really energized i can't believe like what we've accomplished today <laughs> no. i'm mind blown i feel like you did not go to the lab today because we've gotten been, so much done because we've been recording all day but no yeah. i worked that's yeah. crazy morgan got off at, morgan got off at like what 232 two. and then she was like i forgot my because she was supposed to take a bag morgan was supposed to take a bag and you know what's so funny about that is that i actually set my alarm this morning for usually it starts at five and then mm -hmm. my real one goes off at 5 15 and it's like 5 22 i gotta be Getting gone. up out of the yeah. bed. No, Moving. not gone. Not gone, gone, but gone from the bed. Yeah. yeah. And then usually it ends up being 5.30 when I actually wake mm -hmm. up. So I was like, I'm going to set my alarm for 4.45. Okay, well, that's where you fucked up. And I was up. like, and I got to be out of there by 5.10. <laughs> out of, not out of there, but out of the bed, getting my shit packed, doing my hair, maybe my makeup. Yada, that's yada, where you yada. fucked up was your hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I fucked up. Yeah, that was. Because you so knew anyway, you weren't doing your hair It was 5.40 when I rolled out of bed. I said, I actually, be fine. I said, actually, I need Duncan. I got to go. Fuck the bag. Yeah, literally. So I went and got Duncan. You know what? It was worth it because. Because I got off early. So it's so like. Yeah. Made, it made sense. It made sense. But it didn't really matter because really like I needed to go pick up some things and get some things done. I had to go pick up this wine. Clearly. Clearly. That was important. But you had a lot of editing. Yeah. I had a lot, lot, lot of editing. A lot of like final things on scripts. All those things. And making sure that we had our to-do list down pat. Like we did not forget anything because this is the last day we're recording. Yeah. I mean once once this is recording is over. Once 144 is done. Just know that if there's anything we missed in between. It's done. Like it's fucked. It is what it is. It's, it is. And I know you're so scared. 
But yeah. I am really confident. In my, I know you're confident in my venture the next two and a half weeks. I feel really good. Morgan is. What, what? I'm not worried about a damn thing. I'm like, I'll be fine. Morgan will be Taylor <laughs> for the next two and a half weeks. And you guys know everything for me. It's fine. It'll work itself out. It's fine. It'll be good. We got it down, guys. I left her a, <laughs> a nine-page document. Amazing. How to press power on the computer? No, literally, <laughs> I did the most like mansplaining mom-splaining, yeah. which is even worse than mansplaining, a mom-splain on exactly- Call it Taylor-splain. Taylor-splain on exactly what she needs to do in case of any inf- any, any emergency. emergency that could ever come to light. She's like, cool, so are you going to like turn off your email? You're going to log out of Instagram? Like, are you going like, to I can't. That? I was like, bitch, no. I'm like, no. you want daily updates? You want bi-daily bi- every other day? I'm like, you I want, want regular. She's like, I want hourly. I want, it, I want it exactly how it would be if nothing was changed. <laughs> I don't give a shit what time it is over there. I need to know what's going on or else <laughs> I'm going to have a panic attack. Like, we just got an email. Yeah. <laughs> Two in the morning. She's immediately awoke awake. Her spirit awake. I'm like, oh, my God. But what yes. we're doing for today's episode, because like we said, we in the p- previous intros, mm-hmm. you guys have heard that we wanted to do something different, wanted to do something different. But also we had a lot to do. So it was just not really feasible to put together really good cases for you guys. Give you those that great detail content. So Taylor right. runs a little Q&A on yes. Insta and Facebook. So if you guys were on Instagram, I like did that one first because I was like, that's definitely where we will get the most responses. And I'm like, if you could pick any format, basically, that's switching it up, like we were in a bad creative block. Yeah. So we were like, tell us the best ideas that you have. We got some iconic ones. I can't wait. Like they're going to pop out randomly. You guys are going to be like, what? Yeah, they're going to still come because I screenshot it every too, single I one. I could not let go. The main request was Sorry. that we go back to swapping where I do creeps, you do crimes. Yeah. But the point of this was that I just didn't want, we didn't want anything heavy. Yeah. We didn't want we to do the research. Cool. We didn't want. Right. You know, we just like didn't want it to be like us burying our head in the sand in like some case and making it to where like we scared the shit out of everybody. We like traumatized everybody. We don't want to do that for my birthday. Right. No vibes. Why do we want to do that? So then it was like pick a case with multiple suspects and present it to Morgan like it's Clue. And I love love that that one. Then we had the best female revenge stories. I love and that. And I love that one. And I'm going to keep that one in my pocket until International Women's Day. Yeah. Then you guys, I was like, literally. There was a lot about women. It was yeah, like. Badass women. Badass women like Taylor. Yeah. All the cute. things. Q&A listener story. So then I go over to Facebook because I was like, maybe I just didn't explain it super well. And I break it down in great detail over there. I'm giving you guys examples of what I was thinking about what I was feeling about what Morgan and I had shopped and thought about in this one. We got 20 comments. Well, the Facebook group probably was about to explode. Guys, you guys gave some of the most detailed and amazing responses. I was like, why do we not use this more? Like links to everything that you could possibly want. So we're not going to tell you exactly what it is that we chose until we get past the let's get creepy. But Just know that this episode is sponsored by your love for us and our love for you. And 19 Crimes Wine. And 19 Crimes Wine. (laughs) Not really. Right uh, now, I wish wish it fucking was. Right now, we're drinking the one that I stumbled. Well, there's technically two, but we're only drinking one of them right now. Mm -hmm. I stumbled across two new 19 Crimes Wines that I had not seen before. Cali Blanc Snoop Dogg Edition. 
Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. White. It is so... I like it. So good. And as a matter of fact, when we recorded our pipe and hot glass... I for the 15th. With a mukbang. You guys saw that I actually finished my drink before Taylor. Yeah, she and did. that she never happens it. in a wine glass. Never happens in a wine glass. Especially one with a stem. Yeah. Because we were not planning out a drinking one with a stem. But we had to. And then it happened. And it happened. And now I feel more comfortable holding it like this. Yeah. yeah. And then we found a limited edition one that's about this like crazy Irishman situation. So we're keeping that one in our effing pocket. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, we'll save that for St. Patty's Day. For sure. We, we Just when we start thinking, oh, we'll keep it and we'll drink limited it Limited edition. Then. It'll be a year old. Oh my God, I'm about to go get the other five that I saw on sale at Kroger. Okay, I don't know if we'll drink five wines. I mean, we're definitely not going to be able to We're going to definitely be drinking But St. Patty's Day lime. is like, you know, St. Patty's Day is like a, a marathon right. of drinking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> not okay. Anyways, guys, we're ready to get into it for my birthday episode, Well, bitch. happy birthday to you. I Thank love you, you so much. I you love you. Give you a hug? <laughs> and like, later. I can't even make eye contact with no, you No, she that. said, can I give you a hug looking down at her phone? <laughs> I can't look up. Fuck. <laughs> I can't make eye contact. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, Morgan, hit him I with it. <laughs> Just hit him with okay, it. Okay, if you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. Okay, besties, you guys know it's June. You guys know it's summer. And what does that mean? Creeps and crimes, Morgan and Taylor, we are not okay. We're running around like chickens with our heads cut off. We have not enough time in the day. During this peak summer season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for those warmer, more active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with some ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. And if you're anything like us, you are way too busy to be cooking this summer. So with Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Which is the worst the part. worst part. <laughs> Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat it up and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up that summer sun. Maybe you're looking for some calorie conscious options. Try the delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than five 550 calories per serving, keeping you full, healthy, and confident this summer season. This hot girl summer. This hot girl, this summer. Hot girl summer. And if you need an extra boost of energy to support your wellness goals this summer, you need to try the Protein Plus meals that have 30 grams of protein or more per serving. With Factor, you can rest assured that you are making a sustainable choice. Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Delish. Delish. Head to factormeals.com slash creepsandcrimes50 and use code creepsandcrimes50 to get 50% off of your first box. That's code creepsandcrimes50 at factormeals.com slash creepsandcrimes50 to get 50% off your first box. Try it today. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast.
Okay, I'm sorry, but one more thing before we get into this. I had to tell you. Okay. This is so funny. And guys, you have to hear it too. I'm really sorry. So if you guys will remember, a few weeks ago, we did an ad for Rocket Money. Right. And I loved it so much. I had Logan go download it and put all of his bank accounts on there. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, immediately, let's pull up your subscriptions and see what the vibes are. Right. Guys, we find out that for over a year, he has been paying for a $5 tier on a Patreon. No. Not ours. Oh, I thought well, for sure you were about to say for ours. He, de- he technically does still have ours, oh, but so it wasn't ours. He's a Crimson Crimes Patreon. Yeah, he's still on Crimson Crimes Patreon. So he has been paying for this $5 tier on a Patreon for this like other creator. And that creator doesn't even use that account anymore. Oh, no. He said he completely forgot about it. So we just very quickly click the button, unsubscribe. That's whole $60 we were plus tax. Oh, my. Plus tax, guys. I was floored. Oh, floored. my gosh. Thank God he's got Rocket Money right now. <laughs> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people, including Logan, have subscriptions that they have forgotten about. And chances are you are one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show or that free gaming trial that you never actually used, Morgan. That's ah, you. That is me. That is I'm you. a sucker for saying, go I'll ahead and get subscribe. It. Just subscribe this one Apple time. Apple Pay is my worst enemy. Or I'll remember that the 30-day trial is over in five days. Apple no. Pay is my worst enemy. <laughs> Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It is that easy. Easy. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash creeps and crimes. That's rocketmoney.com slash creeps and crimes. Rocketmoney.com slash creeps and crimes. And try it for 30 days free. Okay, besties, with today being my birthday episode, I wanted to give us a little hardcore, creepy, crimey break, if you know what I'm saying, but still keep it creeps and crimes-esque. We threw around a lot of ideas based off of things that I love, mainly being scared, having stories read to me, getting a break from researching murders, you know, just like typical girly things. Right. So first we were thinking immediately creepy accounts. Immediately. Immediately. But that wouldn't work because essentially you would be getting a creepy account every other week for like the last two months. And we just like couldn't do that to you. That's not fair to you guys. So then we were thinking the craziest, creepiest Reddit stories that we could find. Mostly the fiction ones and try and trick you with like a two truths and a lie type of moment. But then we realized we wouldn't have enough time to get permission from the posters or negotiate a price with them yeah, there, there's rules about Reddit that we just recently fucking learned about. Reddit is a little great, right? Yeah. But at this point, we were at a full blown standstill. So we had to phone the besties. And my God, like we said, you guys delivered. Delivered. We had so many great suggestions that we were able to break through that creative block that we were in and think outside of the box. So going back to square one, what are Taylor's favorite things? <gasps> Being scared. Having stories told to me, getting a break from researching murders, and crazy facts and stories. That's the one. We all know that I live, I live for a good fun fact that I can recite for years to come. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all things history and some wild ass tea filled stories. So now for the big reveal. 
Today, Morgan and I are going to be telling you the dark histories behind random things, somewhat everyday, who knows what, and some wild ass what the fuck is going on true crime stories, aka you're still getting creeps and crimes, regular Thursday fix, but with dark, (laughs) (laughs) but it's the wine (laughs) with dark humor. A little buzz, a little wine buzz, a little wine buzz, and a twist. So happy birthday to fucking me! Happy birthday! Yes. Do you want to go first? <laughs> no, I'll birthday. let you go first. Are you sure? Yeah, I want you to read to me. Okay, <laughs> so my first dark history segment is called "Meditate, Manifest, and Masturbate." <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't buy from our candle collection, you don't get it. If you're in a candle bitch, then immediately walk your ass out of then this Then you're episode. fucking grounded. You're back in timeout. You're back in timeout, babes. Okay, so this is according to the Daily Beast. Beast? Beast, Daily Beast. Yeah, okay, the Daily Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was so weird. The Daily um, Beat. The 19th century medical treatment device, or what we women all know and love today, the vibrator. The vibrator. It was not invented for the use of self-pleasure or reaching the big O, <laughs> the orgasm. Big O. <laughs> nope. It was originally used to perform pelvic massages. Okay. This was a treatment that was commonly used for women who showed any of these symptoms. Go ahead and check all these off our list. Yeah. Low libido. Yep. Fatigue. Yep. Anxiety. Yep. And maldepression. Yeah. <laughs> Check, 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 and, and double fucking check. line it up, bitch. Light that screen up. <laughs> These symptoms, if you had them, were diagnosed as female hysteria. <laughs> so, one, we're hysterical. One, Two, we need the pelvic massage. We're delusional Tell as the well. <laughs> the treatment of the pelvic massage was known to induce something called hysterical paroxysm. No. Paroxysm. I think that's how you say that. Mm. AKA the orgasm. The orgasm. The usage of pelvic massage to fight this female hysteria (laughs) actually dates all the way back to Hippocrates in 450 BC. 450 BC. Yeah. According to this woman named Dr. Rachel Maines. Okay, then no wonder who why. Was, who's like this really famous like sex historian. Oh. Knows everything about sex. I want to yeah. be her friend. Can we yeah. interview her? Right. I know we don't have like cool. a sex podcast, but I would love to have a sex podcast. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be so fun. This treatment carried through the Middle Ages, but really seemed to explode during the last quarter of the 19th century when doctors believed that there was actually an epidemic of hysteria among women. Mm. So they're all fucking crazy. They're all fucking crazy they're witches get your hands in their boys they're pelvic (laughs) massage vibrators dr russell trell who was a hydrotherapist in the u.s believed that up to 75 percent of women suffered from female hysteria despite having literally no way of measuring this statistic right how are you testing this right exactly but that's just like how common it was like when this epidemic was out yeah they believe that 75 percent were like hysterical In the mid-1700s in the United States and the United Kingdom, there was something called hydriatic massage. And this was achieving, I don't know how to say the freaking perioxy word, so the orgasm by spraying water. So light up, put them under the tub, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Not definitely, baby. Like, let me get the extender out. (laughs) Get the shower head extender off Amazon Prime. Oh, my God. And then manual pelvic massages became way more popular medical procedure to fight hysteria during the Victorian era. 
So okay. he went from whatever Hippocrates did. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. To the Middle Ages where there was mass hysteria to water treatment to a manual pelvic massage, meaning there was no tool. You were using your hands. Right. And when they did use their hands, doctors, physicians, it took up to an hour for a woman to achieve her orgasm. Yeah. Can confirm. Can confirm that you all probably were violating their space. I, yeah. I mean, first off, <laughs> it's awkward. Right. Okay. Like you're in my vagina right now. And then there's something called the electromechanical vibrator that was invented by Dr. Joseph Granville in sometime in the late 1800s. This was a steam powered vibrator <laughs> called the manipulator. <laughs> the manipulator. The manipulator. And according to Dr. whatever his name was that I just said, this patient interface, so like the size of this object, what mm -hmm. it looked like, this technological tool, I guess. This vibrator. This vibrator. This steam powered was vibrator. The size of a dining room table. No. Yes. How the And fuck? then it had a big cutout area. Okay. With this vibrating ball. Okay. On a dining room table? On the dining room table. So, like, think of a dining room table, like this big board. Going to mount and my dining room table. Go and mount the dining room table. And in the middle of it, where you're supposed to have candles or, or my your candle centerpieces, <laughs> you actually have a giant vibrator. Oh my God. And the steam engine that powered that had to be located in a different room because oh. the engine was so big, bitch. <laughs> They said cars, vibrators. Exactly. Equals. This electromechanical vibrator was portable. Uh, yeah, where? But had this cell battery that weighed over like 40 pounds. So like you could lift it off the table, I guess, once it was charged or it's steam power. It could carry steam. I don't fucking know. Portable vibrator. The portable vibrator, literally. 40 fucking pounds. Still, though, these early vibrators reduced the time that it took to achieve the orgasm in female patients from around an hour. So the table changed the manual orgasm from an hour to five minutes. Yeah, let me just go ahead and tell you, this is the number one reason why every woman deserves to have a vibrator. We don't need to be fucked for an hour. Right. Like, let's just get it. If you can get it done in five minutes, <laughs> I can get it done in five minutes. Right. Exactly. 100%. We, we are 100% supportive of this. You stop that long. <laughs> I can't be sitting here that fucking long. Okay. I got shit um, to do. The battery powered vibrators were introduced as a household appliance as early as 1899. Ooh. And according to the same doctor, Dr. Mill, whatever, big long M name. I don't know how to say it. Dr. M. Doctors are still trying to convince patients that they needed to come visit and to use their pelvic floor machine, including one that they called the Chattanooga. <gasps> and the Chattanooga <laughs> machine, dude, was on wheels and it stood five feet tall. Chattanooga Choo Choo. The Chattanooga machine. So they were like, you need to come to our office and you need to use this machine, but it's two to three dollars a visit. But then once the portable ones came out, do you remember? I actually learned about this today from Nicole, of course. Of it's course. It's called the Sears Robot Catalog. Yeah. So there's actually something called like what you could buy on Sears Robot. You could buy anything like right. literally like like heroin. Like you oh, could oh. buy anything from the Sears, cat like actual department store Sears catalog. Heroin. And they had their vibrators on there for $5. So all of these women are like, why am I going to go to your doctor's office and use the freaking Chattahoochee? In front of everyone. I don't want the Chattahoochee Right, today. in front of a physician with fluorescent when lights. When I get for $3, when I can pay for my own $5 and put some batteries in it and call it a day. Bring it home. Send and be, be alone while I yeah. do it. Well, next time you are alone and you are enjoying yourself, 
pleasure. Your little vibrator. Just remember that at one point, woman used to be mounted to a dining room table <laughs> with a vibrating sphere. Also, one hooked up to a steam engine across the room. I think we should have called it the Chattacoochee. The Chattacoochee. That they missed an opportunity with that one. Yeah, why didn't they do that? Honestly, Probably we should. Because way down in the Chattacoochee. Crates and crimes. Chattacoochee. Chattacoochee. We make our own vibrator. We make a Creeps and Crimes. You know what? I would stand behind that one. I would too. Less than female hysteria. Honestly, though, if it was, if, okay. Let's, let's back, be real. Let's be so real right now that if this machine existed, no wonder you had an epidemic. <laughs> no wonder every woman's like, hi, yes. I'm hysterical. I <laughs> am so fucking hysterical. Please. Please treat me. Please. I'm so hysterical. I hate my husband. Because before that, there were no like aids no. To, to having sex. And, and like, was, imagine. And you were Mill's property. So you laid down on the bed and they, they did just, what they did. They enjoyed themselves. You never really got to enjoy yourself. Right. Like, you were a baby maker then. Like, it was just so, like, women weren't appreciated or right. explored sexually enough. To- for men to know how it, for to feel good for a woman. And right. so, of course, you have an epidemic of women running around claiming hysteria because they want the chatta. They want the chatta coochie. Or the manipulator. Or the, <laughs> Don't forget about the that. Manipulator. The manipulator. The manipulator. Because Is that where the type? word's from? Man? Probably. Manipulator. I don't know. I don't Because it was a man that created it. But that's the one thing for a woman's body that I will support by man's creation what the manipulator yeah because like really though think about it because you know women at that point in time like you said like baby makers like they were not valued and sex was not for a woman pleasure it was for a male's pleasure and if women were having pleasure during sex you were a whore right yeah then that was like considered like negative and like you were just like you didn't ask any questions you just had sex like i'm sure there was like conversation being like you know like having conversation like we all do in our life being like you know this is what I did and it felt so good. You should try it. You know, like, yeah. And if you don't talk like that with your friends, you need to. Right. No one yeah, else is going to help you. We, like if our friend group did not have like the openness, it's not like a weird openness. It's just like, dude. No, like we'll even say in front of the guys, we don't give a fuck. No, we don't give a fuck. And like, they shouldn't give a fuck either. Yeah. And they don't. They don't. They, and actually they like appreciate it. They're like, yeah. oh, immediately we're going to the store. We're going to Target to try their vibrators. They're like, oh, your charger said? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One minute. Logan ordered a two-pack off Amazon. <laughs> you can get those off Amazon. So good. <laughs> Don't worry. We got buy one, give a free coupon for a Cupid store. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Creeps and Crimes Manipulator Chattacoochee. That's what I want. <laughs> the Creeps and Crimes Manipulator Chattacoochee. <laughs> I want to do a limited edition merch collab for vibrators. Someone make the deal. And you know what? I, do, I bet there was a fucking hysteria, though. Like, women are sexually pent up. If those are the symptoms, then today there would be an epidemic. Oh, my God. Still today there would be an epidemic. Because, like, I recently just was like, I just started talking with someone that, I've known my whole life, but like haven't caught up with in a long time. And we started having a conversation and they were like, wait, like you guys use vibrators like while you have sex? And I was like, yeah, of course. It makes it easier on everybody involved. Right. Everybody in the room. Everyone's much happier. Me and him. Me and, and him. Ollie. Mostly me. <laughs> Most, and Ollie because he can come in the fucking room faster. And that is exactly. <laughs> and Ollie because he won't leave. He'll cry at the door. And if he's not in there, he pisses on the bed. And then Ollie also will take the vibrator, the old vibrators, and run away with them. <laughs> and Ollie also loves rubbing his neck on it. <laughs> it feels very good. TMI. TMI. On. But like, seriously though, like I, I was talking with this girl and I was explaining this to her and she was like, are you serious? Like, I didn't know. And she's like, I thought it was just like something you use on your own. I was like, no, friend. 
Yeah, no. Like you need to talk to your girlfriends about that. Make sure that they get their pleasure too. That's how we keep everybody less hysteric. That's how we keep the libido high. High. Because you know what's going to keep you coming back? That. That. The big O. The big, big o. o. Okay. Next one for me. My first dark histories. Treadmills. Oh. Yes. So you know those things that we see in the gym, we do our 12, 330s on and walk to make ourselves feel like we're just doing something. Yeah, I just yeah. gotta feel something. Like, you, just gotta go <laughs> you don't it. have the manipulator, you just really have to feel something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so though we are the only ones forcing ourselves to get on that treadmill, unless you're in an Orange Theory class. <laughs> okay, Oop. different story. Different story. Sorry to the OTF call out there, <laughs> Sarah. But <laughs> either way, they feel like a torture device 10 out of 10 times, which is literally no surprise considering that is the reason they were made. They are literally torture devices. No way. Well, just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> in 1818, Sir William Cubitt, who was an English civil engineer, invented the machine that he called the tread wheel. <laughs> okay. One moment. <laughs> this was for the purpose, like this machine was created with the purpose of reforming convicts. But it's the 1800s. They are not reforming anyone. No. It was 100% for torture. You can't even like try to fucking swing us yeah, like that. Yeah, there was no prison no re reform. reform. There was no prison reform in the 1800s, <laughs> no. okay? Oh my God. So according to mentalfloss.com, this tread wheel device had 24 spokes of a large paddle wheel. So it was actually more similar to a Stairmaster. Good to know. Also yeah. torture device. Torture. Torture. Go ahead and throw the rowing machine in there if you want. <laughs> exactly. So if you were like to, as you like walked on these, it would turn gears that were used to pump water and crush grain, hence the name being treadmill so eventually. you were working. You were working. Prisoners would be forced to use these devices in eight hour shifts, which was the equivalent to climbing 7,200 feet. Oh my God! Fuck that! Fuck that! Fuck that! How bad do you really need your grain? Exactly. It's not happening at the pace that you want with me. Right. And this device literally flew off the shelves when it was introduced to the U.S. and Britain for like these wardens. They were like, "Fuck yeah, send it here because you get more money because you're having more Probably stuff in the Sears done." Catalog. <laughs> in the Sears catalog. They bought them all up and they had these stairmasters slash treadmills all in there so that way people would work out no no they were tortured because of the amount of physical exertion partnered with the poor and very low nutrition diets that are were given still are probably given to prisoners treadmills led to many injuries horrific illnesses and death yeah yeah i mean i that would be me i <laughs> fall under that category I would get of death literally <laughs> sucked up and are you joking i would end up in the middle of grinding no the, i would be the, like i'm done i, I literally don't care i'm gonna go through these 24 spokes i'm quitting i don't <laughs> give a fuck i'm over it this so reform <laughs> in the late 1900s reforms. they were deemed to be finally too cruel oh okay, okay. so they were abandoned completely Good. they didn't have anywhere to go so there was just all these fucking treadmills sitting around right but in the 1960s, there was this rise in aerobic exercise research and led the, by Beth Ann Mounts, <laughs> led by Beth Ann Mounts herself. OK, <laughs> and this was all about the health benefits of aerobic exercise. 
And this was being headed by Dr. Kenneth Cooper. Now, Dr. Why Cooper. Why do you know that name? I, I knew it too. There's got to be like a workout program. Or it's like a show. and Or like, like a say- QVC thing that we heard our entire lives. Yeah. There's got to be something. Because yeah, I knew his better. name the second I read it. Anyways, Dr. Kenneth Cooper decided that treadmills slash and or Stairmasters, because he brought out both, did a new design. Uh-huh. They needed to have a comeback immediately. No longer for reform slash torture. This was because it was good for your health. Bring them oh, out, bitch. Bring, bring them out, up. bring them out, bring them out. Dr. Cooper. And boy, did he have a fucking vision that paid off and probably made his wallet thick as fuck. For boy. sure. Yeah. Especially when Orange Cherry came around. <laughs> <laughs> because that shit worked and it is still used today, obviously. Essentially, according to the New York Times, the treadmill was used to tire out the most unhinged, untamable inmates and the worst offenders. So that way they would not have enough energy to cause problems. All of this to say the next time you are on a treadmill, just know that you are torturing yourself by wearing yourself out to the point of exhaustion so you can no longer express yourself for who you truly are. I'm, that is exactly what that I That is exactly like. what it is. Actually, like get on there to feel like I need uh, to be, feel something. Feel something. And then I leave feeling actually, exhausted. Absolutely nothing. Like Drinks. I actually want to, I have no energy. Like, I, like I'm done. It's crazy need to, how that works. I need to go get on the manipulator. It's, <laughs> Why don't we have manipulators in the gym next to the treadmill? No, if we have tape beds and hydro massages, I need a we need manipulator. The, we need the manipulator. I want the manipulator in the Planet Fitness <laughs> next to the treadmills. It's only fair. You know what I'm I'm wondering now that we're talking about this, and I was thinking about the sanitary side of this. They had to have cleaned the manipulators in between. There's the, no way. Yeah, because like, how many STDs were spread? No, there's because no of way the because my my next topic actually covers hospital s- sterilization. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. So there's a- actually there's no way the timeline. There's no way the manipulator was thoroughly clean. Just so we're all clear. Yeah, like people if you use a manipulator in the 1800s between you are titled to compensation. It wasn't common to wash your hands in the medical industry until like 1890. <laughs> Whose fucking thought was that? Actually, I have. I think I have his name. If not, I saw it. I just didn't write it down. Perfect. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Oh, am I up? I'm again? very excited. It's your turn. Okay. Yeah. So treadmills, torture. Treadmills are torture. That is stairmasters torture. That is just bad. Manipulator, sign me up. <laughs> the Chattanooga. The Chattanooga. We're best. What was friends. it called? Chattanooga. The Chattanooga. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna still call it Chattanooga. I wonder why it was called that. It definitely is because like the railroad. I bet they like made it from like a piece of the railroad down there because that's the oh, only probably. thing that Chattanooga was known yeah. for at that point, other than like Civil War. That's interesting. <laughs> One thing our birthday girl lives for is aesthetics. I'm talking Botox, filler, laser hair removal. You name it, which is why it's perfect for Taylor's birthday episode that we partner up with Ideal Image for this week's episode. Ideal Image is North America's number one aesthetics brand, delivering affordable and effective aesthetics treatment through the most accessible network of over 800 plus licensed medical professionals who have performed over 20 million FDA cleared treatments for over 20 years. When we received this partnership email, Taylor stopped everything that she was doing in Italy and immediately called me because she was so pumped. And the only way to celebrate our gorgeous, gorgeous girl, our birthday queen, was to schedule an appointment at our local Ideal Image for the second that she gets back into the United States. 
We are so excited to pick from their many services offered like laser hair removal, body sculpting, Botox, fillers, skin rejuvenation, and medical grade skincare. While I have a pretty good guess on what service Taylor will get done, we are going to let her decide. But for me, it's 1000% the laser hair removal. Why? So I can zap my hair follicles right at the root, permanently reducing unwanted hair for good. It saves time. It saves money compared to a lifetime of shaving and waxing. I am so down to finally ditch that razor for the laser. An ideal image is the best place to do so with their exclusive technology that treats all skin types and tones. If you want the industry's best results at the best value, then Ideal Image is the place for you. And we know that it's the place for us. Ideal Image is celebrating 20 years of real results with throwback pricing. So get your free personalized plan. Contact us today. Go to idealimage.com slash creepsandcrimes. That's www.idealimage dot com slash C-R-E-E-P-S-A-N-D-C-R-I-M-E-S. Okay, so this one, all my information is coming from CNET.com. Anyway, so for all of our mamas out there or soon to be mamas out there, I want you to think back on giving birth, the joy, the miracle, but also thinking like this is actually the most pain I've ever had in my life worse than the treadmill. Yeah, like, like okay. I would run a thousand <laughs> miles on this treadmill before I could push this baby out. The again. tread wheel. That's the, how bad it was. The tread wheel. Okay, yeah. but like, like seriously, block out the like happiness that you felt at the end. How bad was it? Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. Tell right us the now. fucking truth. In fact, with no epidural or narcotics on board, most birthing parents rate active phase labor a 10 on the pain scale of one to 10. <laughs> And we 11. know back in the 1800s, they didn't have no epidural. None. So when your only choice of medicine up until that point really was opium, that's all you have. Oh. And a lot of people chose not to take it. Because it's opium. But at the same time, they didn't really know the, the side effects, side of, effects of opium. But until they just they the knew 90s. it was a narcotic and they were like, mm, natural births. So right. Natural births were in. It wasn't until around the 1850s that we had any growth in the childbirth process. More so meaning switching it from the natural way to a more medical way because home births were in, midwives were in, all natural births were in. Right. Until it started switching over to this medical way. And this was actually the birth of obstetrics. So OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Having a baby meant that at this point in time, after the 850s, you were probably going to the hospital. But back then, hospital sterilization was not monitored. No. Meaning that it would lead to tons of infections and disease spreading. And it was a huge risk to have a baby there. So really, it was better to have your baby all natural at home with a midwife. Right. In a tub. Yeah, I would too. The transition from the home to the hospital inevitably led to the development of new technologies and tools to make the process easier. Okay. Though not all these tools had the long-term health of their patients in mind, especially that of the mothers. So my dark history today is of chainsaws. I was not. I thought we were about to go the way about how that one that one weird fucking pedophile king wanted to watch birth. So he forced women to give birth the way we give birth today. Oh, no, I didn't do that one. Dude, but I, I was just that. saying, fuck, we should have done that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. In 1780, two Scottish doctors invented the prototype of the chainsaw. And it was <laughs> not made to cut down trees or clear debris or build things or DIY from TikTok videos. I'm really no. scared. The two doctors invented a hand-cranked chainsaw to cut through the pelvises of delivering <sighs> mothers who were having trouble 
pushing their babies out. No, Morgan. It was called a symphysiotomy. No. I think that's how you say it. And it was largely done without anesthesia, no. meaning that mothers were completely conscious through the entire process. Through a chainsaw. Talk about dark and twisted. Yeah, that's fucked. After seeing how well it worked in the delivery room, and, and think of this like the chainsaw that I'm trying to describe to you right now. Think of like Thanksgiving when you're carving a turkey. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a, that was the first chainsaw. That's what it looked like. Okay. It was very not thin. It wasn't thin, but like I know what you mean. Small like that. Yeah, like a turkey carver. Yeah. That's terrifying. Do, 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 do. So after seeing how well it worked in the delivery room, according to the male doctors, mm -hmm. the machine and not the patients, the machine was then co-opted to saw through wood, other materials, gradually growing in size to become the chainsaw that we know today. But if that doesn't make you cringe, squeal in your vagina, immediately start to hurt. Yes. This will. They saw the chainsaw as a success. No. And technological advancements, or more likely devancements, yeah. were being produced. Like the patent that a machine with enough gravitational pull could help mothers push their babies out. Yeah, I am talking a centrifuge. Morgan. Basically, they believe that if a woman didn't develop enough muscle to push her baby out in oh. her pelvic area, they would strap her to a centrifuge, spin her, at a rotate speed of seven Gs. No. And the baby would just fly right out of the vagina. Yeah, I'm sure shoot, it fucking did fly right out. Shoot right out of the vagina. But of course, not only did they just need a machine, they needed those critical pieces like a net yeah. to catch the baby as it comes out and a system that would recognize, okay, the birth has happened. It's complete. This machine needs to stop spinning. The patent application was granted, but thankfully it expired in the early 1980s. There's only one official life-size machine in existence, unused again, thankfully, which made an appearance at the Science Gallery Dublin's Fail Better exhibition. Fail better in Dublin. We of need course. to go to that. We need to go to that. So all in all, the next time you're chopping up a tree, remember where that chainsaw originated from. Tell your husbands. And if you work in a lab or have labs in a school at school and you put something in a centrifuge, just know there was once a human sized <laughs> centrifuge built to deliver a baby. So it would shoot out of its mother. This is how we know that the medical field at this point was ran by men. A hundred percent. They're like, honestly, just spin them. A hundred percent. They're being babies about it. I can't anticipate what childbirth feels like. I have no, no idea. But what I do know when is when I got that my IUD put in and put out. That shit hurt. That shit. And I'm just always gonna be like <sighs> women in the eighteen hundreds had a worse. Women in the eighteen hundreds. That's all I can think about. Women in the eighteen hundreds had a worse. Like how the fuck? Like this is this is this is a piece of cake compared to them. Like no, truly. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure childbirth is horrible. So no, so what I but was I getting can't at, in, endure my opinion, what I so. thought this was going anywhere but the fucking chainsaw. I'll tell you that in a centrifuge. Let me number one, number yeah. two. I thought we were gonna be talking about how that king. I think his name was King Charles. I think it was not. It was her. probably Henry. I he was a freak. maybe it was Henry. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. Yeah. I am. I am. It was. I don't know. I don't know. I if got married positive. to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. Please tell me you know that song. I do, but I'm pretty positive that it might have been that freak freakazoid. Yeah. That motherfucker. So before him, it was, there were birthing chairs. Right. Like how we saw in Handmaid's Tale. Right. You know, they sit on that birthing chair. Yep. And that's what women did because of gravity, A, B, because of the way that you're, you know how when you shit, canal, you're supposed yeah. to have to put your leg right. ups in, same thing for your vagina, right? Right. So basically, he was tired of that because he wanted his wife, he wanted to see the births. 
and you couldn't see the person unless you laid under the chair. And right. it was also for like modesty. Like they would just drape their things over and be like, oh, the, you know, baby's here. Right. Like no one has to see your whole vag. No, but they, they wanted it to be a show because they had no respect. He for wanted it to be a show because he wanted to see. So he forced any of his wives, his All children, eight. his daughters to give birth laying on their back. And that's why women give birth on their back. It's crazy. Yeah. And like I now there's like more to it because like epidurals and stuff, they were created for right. you being to lay on your back. But it was just like a fucking domino effect that ended up today. And like, do I do I fucking know anything about birth? No. No. The only thing I know is I got a retroverted uterus and that's it. <laughs> and that's probably gonna give me some problems. <laughs> so like, maybe put problem. me in the centrifuge. Yeah, not so, really. <laughs> honestly, just put me in the centrifuge and knock me out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but like seriously, like, isn't that so weird? Yeah. Birth, I wonder when they found out that orgasms help stimulate the birth like yeah at what birth. point they figured, when they had like the, do you think the they were like they had a pregnant woman who was hysterical and she was on the the manipulator and all of a sudden the baby's out yeah i no, guarantee really. you know what we should dedicate an entire episode to the study of obstetrics yeah that and would like, be so good dark histories of obstetrics yeah because there's like to they had torture devices literally. stop because the way that we're gonna no, because that. the way that you still go to the obgyn and they want to pull out that freaking metal clamp clamp and you're like it's 2023 that looks medieval it's cold first can off. we at least get a little rubber plastic can a we little? <laughs> at least get like a little bit of medicine before you chop a piece of my flesh out on an inside organ scrape it scrape it you scrape my cervix you want to biopsy my shit without no, a pill why can't we have a silicone version why does it have to be metal and why can't it just vibrate a little? Oh, i swear to god you know what i'll do i will just heat it up put a little vibration on it and i'll be gucci <laughs> put the icy hat yeah put that like literally just put a little bit of lube on it even like just chill out yeah like, help me out a little quick going i'm not gonna be like sitting there and like also can we find a better way to like turn down the lights maybe a little bit <laughs> Why is it so bright? Why is it so fucking bright? I mean, I literally, that's like my worst fear is every time I'm in there, I'm like, it's so no. fucking well, bright. Well, I'll never forget, guys, whenever I went to this gynecologist <laughs> and they found a new one in Knoxville and in walks this girl that was in my, that was my lab partner in school in no, college. I would have literally died. I would have and fucking died. Is like with sorority sisters with a, some really close friends of mine. Yep. So like we went out and stuff and her face is, you know, in right down vag. into my vagina. I just can't. I was like, I'm mortified right There's now. There's something so like personal <laughs> about a stranger seeing your vagina. Yeah. And like, get to know me a little but bit not first. Even just the vagina. Like, I was open with the medieval torture device. Like, yeah. she was scraping my cervix. Yeah. There's putting it in a tube. So, guys, listen to this. When I went checking my, my IUD, <laughs> Morgan's like, hey, like, I'd never had one before. Morgan had had one before. And I was like, I was like, tell me how bad it is. And she was like, when they offer you pills, take the pills. If they don't, request them. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I request the pills, right? So they give me the thing to like, what's it called? Dilate you. Dilate you. The one starts with a P, right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, Pitocin. Yeah. Give me a little bit of Pitocin to dilate me. Then, which was also honestly so fucking painful, just the dilation. <laughs> Fuck that. Getting I was cramming so bad. Walk. And then they gave me like a, like a Valium or something. Yeah. So Morgan had to drive me. <laughs> And I go in there and, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, I got the pills. Like, I'm good. She, I walk in there. My doctor's like, here's two Advil. And I'm like, bitch, I'm on I'm Valium. Okay. I don't give a fuck. I'm good. I'm chilled the fuck out. I don't need nothing. She's like, just take them. I take them, bitches, y'all. She's like, wait 30 minutes for those to hit. When those hit, we'll come back in. I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to know when Advil hits? Right. <laughs> Advil's Advil. I feel normal. 
So she comes back in 30 minutes later. She's like, you know, walking me through it. She was very like communicative, like letting me know what's going on at all times. She's like, okay, you're going to feel a slight pinch. Slingshot right to the fucking cervix. Bitch, can't what? feel it in my throat. <laughs> oh my God. I, I literally like, <laughs> and then I, I try to relax. I'm like, there's no relaxing. There's no relaxing. I'm tense the fuck up immediately. There's nothing I can do about that. That's a reaction. Yeah. Not to scare anyone out of getting an IUD. It was like only super painful for the first like five seconds after it happened. And then you're kind of good. No, mine mine bothered me my first month in there. But yeah, Morgan, because- I'm trying to not make it these people oh, scared. Okay. Fine. Morgan's like <laughs> That's why I won't get Morgan, it. Out. I was literally That's why in pain. one year past expiration, but then my gynecologist was like extended the expiration date. <laughs> expiration date is extended. I'm like, perfect. Amazing. I trust that. It's staying in. It's fine. No, when I got it removed, I was like the same thing. I was like, I need medicine. She was like, you don't really need medicine. It's not as painful. I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, call me you either man. medicate me or I medicate myself. Pick one. All right. All right. Yeah. Checked in. Yeah. So one of the two. Right. So she takes it out. Right. And it wasn't as painful. I mean, they're taking claws out of your. I mean, maybe if they put you on the manipulator first. Yeah. I mean, maybe that. Give me a second. <laughs> put us on the manipulator. Just then come back. Let me have a moment. <laughs> yeah. Come back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Actually, you can come back in five. I'll get this done <laughs> quick. Good. I'll make this thing work out quick. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next one I have is graham crackers. Oh, this one's kind of fucked. And honestly, like a case within itself. Really? Like, not fucked, like really educational all in one. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. So, Teddy grams or like graham crackers? Graham crackers. Okay. Okay. So we all know that there's like a little bit of dark history in, in the background of graham crackers because of world wars. Like anytime there were world wars, like they were heavily marketed because it was kind of like depressions and economics recessions and things because yeah. they're cheaply made. They're easy to afford and they are like a little sweet treat. So they were kind of used as like these charisma boosters during really negative times within U.S. history and other countries. But this is the history of a graham cracker. Sylvester Graham was born in West Suffield, Suffield, Connecticut. Okay. I don't know. Suffolk. It's Suffield. I've never heard of it. In 1794, he was one of 17 children belonging to his parents. And at the time of his birth, his father was 72 years old. And his mother, unfortunately, was struggling severely with mental illness, making her essentially incapable of raising her 17 children, which I think 17 children would drive anyone to the point of mentally not being okay. Hysteria. Right. And not long after his birth, when he was about two years old, his father passed away. So he spent most of his childhood living with various relatives, just going from house to house. One of his uncles that he stayed with for a little while ran a tavern. And so Graham was made to work at this tavern. During his time there, he formed this hatred for alcohol and mainly drunkenness, swearing it off for the rest of his Clearly life. Clearly me too. because Morgan literally just spilled an entire thing of fucking wine down her shirt. So we're fine. I can't get married. I have. I need a sippy cup. You, well, you're just not drinking anything that's colored. That's the point. <laughs> so he swears off for the rest of his life drinking and being drunk. Graham worked as many things in his life. He was a teacher. He was a cleaner. He was a farmhand. But eventually he decided that he wanted to become a minister. This was mainly rooted in the fact that his entire life was plagued by sickness and poor health. Like he basically like could not go to school. Sorry, guys. I, I was sitting really weird when we started that. And now I've got to bring, <laughs> you back need to bring it back. Yeah, I, I, my back started hurting me. So he was like sick all through his childhood. 
always in missing school, always infirmaries, like really bad health. And eventually he just decided like if doctors weren't going to be able to help him, God would be the only answer. So he followed both in his father and his grandfather's footsteps enrolling in Amherst Academy in his late 20s. But after just one year, he was basically forced to withdraw from the school because his classmates were bullying him. They were just they weren't really bullying him. They were just like over him because he was a pick me oh, guy okay. and like very into dramatics. Okay. Yeah. Like the the one that sprains their ankle but still wears a knee brace. Yeah. Or like gets up in the class, like ask a question and then like goes on a rant. Like, and goes and buys a boot from Walmart. It, no, 100%. Wears the ankle brace from Walmart for the next like five and a half years, even though the Velcro doesn't even stay. Like, it's not doing anything for you, bro. Just take it off. Just take it off. Just take it off. So this bullying caused Graham to have a really bad nervous breakdown, though, which I really do feel bad for him. Like, that's just how he was. You know what I mean? Like, is that your personality? Just being a pick me is fine. OG yeah. pick me cold gets it, you know? Right. For so sure. <laughs> the only like pick piece. <laughs> We are pick bees. We are. So he has this nervous breakdown and the only thing that could help him overcome it was a change of scenery. So he moves to Little Compton, Rhode Island. There he meets a nurse that literally nursed him back to health and her name was Sarah Earl. And he very promptly married Sarah Earl. Graham, his nurse? Huh? His nurse? Yeah. How old was he then? He was like in his late 20s, early okay. 30s. Yeah. They like were both like older. a kid getting bullied. <laughs> married his nurse. No, 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 no. So her name was Sarah Earl. They get married. And Graham then began studying theology privately and began working as in, I don't know how to say this. It's like interim. No, it's not interim. That's what I thought it was at first. It's like itinerary, but interim preacher. Interesting. I don't know what that means. Maybe like a freelance preacher. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. At the Bound Brook Presbyterian Church in New Jersey in 1828. A year or so later, when the 1982 51 cholera was it 51 51 51 cholera plague anyways this is a plague of cholera this pandemic swept across europe and it left americans living in fear because they were like oh my god if this comes over here like the death rates were incredibly high so graham at this exact time converts to vegetarianism and this was the exact opposite of what medical professionals were saying to do to avoid (laughs) cholera because from plants They were saying, avoid all plants. Do not eat vegetables. Do not eat plants. You need to only be eating meat and drink port wine. And this will lower your chances of getting it. But Graham believed, along with many others, that cholera was actually a plague designed as a punishment from God. Okay. Right. So basically, the doctors wanted them to have our diet tonight. Yes. Wine and meat. Wine and meat. And that was it. Point and period. Yeah. But like, you know, we had like five vegetables. Meanwhile, bro, was like all vegetables, no drinks. Water. Full send. Water. Water straight streaming down from the plant. <laughs> exactly. Graham moved on to accept a position at the Philadelphia Temperament Society, where he met two of the fathers of American vegetarianism. William Metcalf, who was an English minister that established the vegetarian church in Philadelphia. And then William A. Aclot, who was a Philadelphia doctor that wrote the first American vegetarian cookbook and conducted extensive research about this diet. Graham taught himself physiology and came into the conclusion that meat was just as bad as alcohol and corrupting the human body and soul, harming Hmm. families and society as a whole. He believed that people should only eat plants, just like Adam and Eve, saying that it was a blatant disregard of the natural laws that led to plague and illness. He was one of the very first to suggest 
that stress can cause disease. Urging people to remain calm and not worry or lust, that would allow them to like remain healthy. Okay. Once Graham got a following, which was pretty large pretty quickly. How did you even manage that? Then? I don't fucking know. I don't. I wish I fucking knew the secret. You know? <laughs> Let I, me know. I'm over here just dying to know what that secret is. Let me know, please. <laughs> Once he get this like pretty large following, he created a theology and a diet aimed at keeping society pure and healthy in his vision. You were to eat a vegetarian diet that was anchored by bread made at home from flour ground in the home very coarsely so it would remain natural and have no added spice or stimulants. Because he also believed like people were spiking the food. Oh, my God. You were to only drink pure water, only sleep on hard beds. No. And never, never, ever take a warm bath. Count me out. Immediately, you fucking lost me. for the rest of my life. You immediately lost me. The only animal products that were to be eaten were eggs, but only in the morning. And this was key to his diet all of which is now referred to as preventative medicine. But he also believed that masturbation was at the center of all of this. So he owned the manipulator. He, well, no, he tried to cancel the manipulator because he believed that masturbation was what caused stress and lust, and it would eventually lead to blindness and early death. Well, I feel like that belief is still around for a lot of people. No, I, I, not the blindness and early. No, I have heard that masturbating will make you blind. Really? Yeah. I remember like a boy telling me about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to circle back to that conversation eventually. Yeah. There's a boy talking to you about that. But also, (laughs) I like, I, I want to say like I learned that at church. Like I'm not, I guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make you blind. Either way, he used his fiery, very much pick me, dramatic (laughs) preaching methods while combining patriotism, diet, lifestyle, theology, and messages to keep people calm and capture the minds of society. But he pissed some butchers and medical professionals the fuck off. Guys, anytime he would come into town, like big cities, butchers would line up in the streets. Yeah. No. It was intense, along with medical professionals. But, like, you know what's scary there, medical professional? Butchers with a knife. Are you joking? But that didn't matter because he had his following. Thus, the birth of Grahamism. <laughs> what? And a new market to capitalize on. Graham and his followers created and sold Graham flour, Graham bread, and Graham crackers. They established Grahamite boarding houses in the 19, I'm sorry, in the 1830s, where they applied his diet and his lifestyle routines, such as drinking only cold, pure water. Being a vegetarian with graham bread products and eggs only in the morning, keeping windows open, sleeping on very hard mattresses, and taking only cold baths. But the basis of everything that Graham believed in was that the American diet was forcing young men to lust and forcing them to have to masturbate because of the effects that American food has on their mental health and society. The graham crackers were then used as a way to snack and (laughs) curb your... Carnal urges, a.k.a. you should stack instead of masturbating. So a McDonald's cheeseburger will make a guy masturbate more than a graham cracker would? Yeah, allegedly. So give your boys graham crackers. Right. And so like he he was like one of the first two. The only thing that's like valid about this psycho is the fact that he was the first to suggest that stress can make someone sick, which is true. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first to suggest and like carry out the thought 
of preventative medicine. Okay. Well, preventive medicine is like a huge, huge right. ordeal for sure. And I forgot how he died, but there's a lot of controversy around it. Should I pull it up right now? Just I have to tell a feeling you guys. that he was probably murdered. There was something really weird. Sylvester Graham, because it was. So you think his graham cracker was the graham cracker that we taste today? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like cinnamon sugary. I guess they like put, they probably added like sweet things to it, but like the texture is probably the same. And um, then he really wanted to market that to kids. So Teddy Grahams. Teddy Grahams. Immediately Teddy Grahams. Okay, here we go. So Graham died of complications after receiving opium enemas as directed by his doctor at the age of 57 in his home in Northampton, Massachusetts. His early death was source was the source of criticism and speculation. Historian Stephen Niesenbaum, or N, has written that Graham died after, quote, violating his own scriptures by taking liquor and meat in his last desperation attempt to recover his health, end quote. Russell Trawl, who visited Graham, noted that he strayed from a strict vegetarian diet and was prescribed meat by his doctor to increase his blood circulation. Trawl wrote that before his death, Graham regretted his decision and fully, quote, and verily believed in the theory of vegetable diets as explained in his work, end quote. After his death, vegetarians distanced themselves from Grahamism. However, his vegetarian message was disseminated. I guess, used far into the 20th century. Food historians cite Graham as one of the earliest food fattest in America. I feel like whenever I try to do that egg diet, I'm like supporting him a little. And I just want to like put a big like disclosure out there that I wasn't. (laughs) She just made that up in her own fucking head. One day I just want to eat eggs forever. Yeah, isn't that weird? So that that was technically, that was like a two for one. You got Graham crackers and the dark history of vegetarianism. That's crazy. Isn't that whack as fuck? Wow. Wow. Mr. Graham. Mr. Graham. Okay, on to our true crime. On to the crime side. Okay, so the first one I have for you today is a story about an alligator and a Wendy's. And this is from, if you had to guess one state in the entire United States, where would you Florida. This is from the Florida Times Union. 23-year-old Joshua James from Jupiter, Florida, had an eventful evening on October 11th, 2015. While driving on the road, unclear of where he was headed at that time, Josh had spotted this alligator. And his first thought was, I need that gator in my truck. Wait, Morgan, did I tell you about my alligator? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. You had a pet alligator? Guys, I'm really sorry to interrupt you. That this is something that I cannot believe I haven't told you yet. No, I don't know an alligator story. It, it, I think it jarred me so bad I like trauma blocked it. So I'm driving down to this bachelorette party, right? Last oh, week. like last weekend. Yeah, like however many weekends ago. Last weekend. And <laughs> I'm driving down there. It's a Tuesday night and we left. We were supposed to leave at noon. We ended up having to leave at two. And it was like an eight and a half hour drive from me from Knoxville to go down there. And I had to stop in Cleveland to pick up one of my friends caught me. So we didn't end up getting out of here until like two because my eye was all fucked up. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. Then there was like an emergency with something. Oh, the recording never went through. Yeah. That was supposed to go out. We had a meeting while I was in the car in Atlanta and uh, traffic. It was a fucking hectic morning. I had to re-record a video for our brand I was doing. It was a crazy ass morning. So we didn't, I didn't uh, end up getting on the road until like one, two. And so I get down there, I pick Kami up, we immediately hop on the road, and we only stopped once on the way down there. Like, I did not let That's myself impressive. have food. I did not let myself Who have water. She? And the only reason I stopped is because I needed gas. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So, and I didn't even fill up my gas tank before I left. That's how you know. I was like, I got to fucking go. So I get 
going down there because I knew I was going to be driving through like bumfuck middle of nowhere because we were going to St. George Island, which is like below Tallahassee in the case that I just covered in 142, 143, that Apalachicola area. Like that is all a nature reserve around Lake Mm -hmm. Seminole. I was driving through that. Yeah. So there's no lights because you can't have a light because it's a nature reserve wildlife reserve all the things you're driving through these like back little florida highways you know what i'm talking surrounded about? by trees on both sides both sides dense as fuck and you know like on florida highways those like roads that go on forever through those forests they have yeah. like a little they have like other lanes that are grass lanes mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah okay so my husband logan the last like place that he lived in florida before moving up to not or knoxville fuck before moving up to Cleveland when he was in eighth grade or whatever, he lived in Ocala. And Ocala is like the horse capital of the nation or something crazy. Like it's very rural, very farmy, farmy, very horsey, very foresty. And so like this area looked just like that. So if you know what Ocala looks like, if you've ever driven through Ocala, this Mm -hmm. is what it looks like. No fucking lights. Good luck. Just... Flat as fuck, boy. So we're driving down this for, I think, like 20 miles, or maybe even 30 miles. It was something crazy. We were just on this straight fucking flat ass road through this nature wildlife reserve. I'm driving. And at first, like, I'm kind of tripping dicks because there's no one out there. And it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm 30 minutes away from the place that I'm supposed to be. And me and Kami are just at this point, like, blaring music, just trying to fucking get there. Right. So we're just driving, 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 driving. And we're listening to Snoop Dogg, of course. What the fuck else will we be listening to? Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Tupac, Biggie. I'm like giving her the rundown on the <laughs> fucking case that we covered. Like, uh-huh. holy shit. Right. And at this point, we're vibing and we're just going. And it's so flat that and it's hot. So you can't see like when. You can see the lights, but you're like, is that two lights? Is that a stop? Like, what the fuck is going on? And you don't, you really can't like clearly see this car until it's like up on you, right? Right. Well, luckily for me, everyone that was driving on that road at night was fucked up. Like drunk driving, no service in the SOS shit. So I'm like, if something happened, we're in like bad shape, right? Yeah. So anytime a car would start coming up, I would just start slowing down immediately, preparing myself to like be playing defense while driving and taking, you know, just being very aware. Two times in a row, the one car after another, both drunk, one literally driving in my lane and then just finally like got over enough to let me go past them and just stopped in the middle of the fucking road. Oh my God. Then the next one was no joke doing like S's on the road and like got in their lane just in time for me to go. Like I was ready to whip us into the trees. So I'm on fucking edge, right? And I can, I don't see any headlights in the distance. I'm feeling good. We're fine. So I'm just kind of like, you know, picking up the speed, like God, get me off this fucking road, right? Right. And (laughs) my lights hit something up in the road. And I'm like, that that just has to be my eyes from the heat because it was just kind of like, you know, rolling. It's got to be my eyes from the heat, right? Getting closer and closer and closer. Is that a speed bump in the middle of this road? What the fuck is going on? Bitch, it's an alligator. Oh, my God. Across the entire lanes, like two lanes. Huge. Okay? 
booking it, bitch. This alligator, it's going as fast as He's like, I know these bitches are drunk. I know these bitches are out of here. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm the one person on this road tonight that's not intoxicated. That wouldn't hit you. Dude, I come up on this alligator and I'm going pretty fast, right? I am like, if I hit this alligator, my car is going to be fucked, number one. I'm going to have to live the rest of my life knowing that I killed an alligator, which I don't even think it would have been killed. I think it would have survived. I think I, I would think, have died. I think that the the Bronco would have actually died. <laughs> I think that the Bronco and Taylor would have actually died yeah. before the fucking alligator did. It was huge, dude. That's fucking crazy. I swerve at the last minute. It picks up its speed at the last minute. I swerve into the other lane, go off into that like grassy area, miss it. Me and Kami are like silent. Music's off. My car was like, Pre-collision alert, pre-collision alert. Dude, dude, that's how big the fucking alligator was, dude. Oh it was God. picking it up on my sensors. Holy dude, shit. I like, I was like, I would. I would be like, I have to stop and back it up and take a picture of this bitch. No, I like, I was like, keep rolling. She was like, are you gonna, are you, do you need to pull off? I'm like, no. <laughs> I need here. to get there right now. I need to go to bed. <laughs> I hate those Guys, roads, it was dude. so stressful. What the fuck? No, they fucking suck. Those roads are so, so yeah. dangerous. I could have picked up that alligator, thrown it in the trunk. Yeah, well, that's exactly what Josh did. <laughs> he saw this alligator on the road. He's like, hey, you're coming home with me. You're coming home with he me. He put it immediately in the back of his truck and he pulled off. He must have, sorry. So his thought was, I need to get this guy, gator. He pulls off. He must have wrestled the alligator. I don't know what he did. And he threw it into his backseat. Oh, not even the trunk. Not even the trunk. He then continued on driving throughout the night, joyriding with an alligator. <laughs> he sounded like my grandpa, my pap. Just vibing. Is your name Major Tinsley? And not just with an alligator. I, I, remember, it's in the backseat of his fucking truck. <laughs> it's literally. Eventually, Josh got a little thirsty. Okay. So he whipped into the nearby Wendy's at 1.30 in the morning. Get and eliminated. I don't know what kind of Wendy's is 24 hours, but apparently the Wendy's in Loxahatchee, Florida is. Yeah, none in Knoxville are. No. None. Not a single one. That's you know how bad I've wanted those spicy chicken nuggets and a four for four. And I just don't want to. And not there. a fucking chocolate Close. frosty when I'm drunk. I, I think whenever the one near. On the strip. It used to be open because I it used was to walk hours. through the drive Me too. I would walk through it all the time. I have videos of me in our first ever, <clears throat> what were those called? Where we would dress up and go to like- Date parties. Date parties. I'm at, our first ever date party was the twins. Yeah. I went and I walked through it. I have a video of me being drunk as shit walking through it. That's funny. 18 years old. I used to walk through that thing too. So he pulled into the drive-thru and he ordered himself a large drink. Unclear on what, hopefully there's strawberry lemonade if he knew what was up. Yep. When he got to the window- the drive-thru worker handed him his drink. But before she knew it, instead of him returning his card or giving her a card or some cash to pay, he picked up this three and a half foot, 30 pound alligator and chucked it through the drive-thru window. For why? For why? For why? Josh. He then sped off into the night, probably fucking cackling. Cackling. <laughs> like he just pulled the ultimate break ever. He's like, ah, it's so fucking alligator. And it wasn't until February 2016 that U.S. Marshals actually tracked him down and arrested him. Honestly, guys, at that point, it's just funny. He was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, <laughs> illegally killing, possessing, or capturing an alligator, and okay. second-degree larceny petite theft because he stole the drink. His mommy said, quote, his mommy, his mommy said, quote, it was just a stupid prank that he didn't not that he did. That's now turning into this. It's stupid. He's a prankster. He does stuff like this because he thinks it's funny. She's so canceled. Mommy's can't. Mommy. Canceled. You spoiled that little boy. 
During court, the judge ordered him to limit his contact with animals, including his mother's dog. Including his mother in general. Including his mother in general. (laughs) And to undergo a mental health evaluation and to avoid possessing any weapons. He was also put on the Wendy's blacklist, a.k.a. he can never go through the drive-thru or enter a Wendy's again. Is there a fucking, like, picture of him? Imagine there's a wall and it's like, you cannot enter. Josh. And it's an alligator. And there's actually a picture in the alligator in the Wendy's and... what is it called the natural federal reserve not the federal reserve the ffcww forest and wildlife ffwcc from florida Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah you would know we just covered we just covered it they were like actually at an alligator at this weight like if it would have it could have gotten a hold of someone it could have very much injured this girl 30 pound alligator yeah three foot I think she was being a little dramatic. Yeah. Because I think the alligator was probably more fucking scared. <laughs> mom was like, it was just a prank. It was just a prank. Okay, mom, shut the but fuck what's up. what's so crazy is that if this happened in, on TikTok today, like, you know the boys would be like, dude, look at that. This <laughs> guy. Do a fucking, fucking alligator when he was trying to get his strawberry drink. Anyway. But like, why did she hand him the drink before she got the payment? That's what I wanted to know. Because I thought for sure he would have at least paid them a surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, but, right. But because he got charged with petite theft. Like he didn't like, pay for it. He didn't pay for it. So he never handed her a card. And like that's on her for handing him the <laughs> But I've never been handed a drink like, before I've paid. No, me neither. They, in Actually, fact, they hold I guess that's not true. If I have food, sometimes they do get me my drink. I pay. I think, yeah, I think sometimes. No, I don't really say the two windows. Some do. Yeah, you're right. Most, most of the time. 10 out of 10 times. Okay, 9 out of 10 times. You're going to pull up. There's going to be a big cardboard box in so front of that first window. Next window, please. <laughs> and you're going to be sitting there for a solid right. five hours. Or my favorite is whenever there's no sign. No and it's sign. just empty, but the lights are on. And you're sitting there. And you're sitting there. And, and someone has to put their hand, put their hand out. Their hand out. Like, and okay. like, you dumb dick. I'm like, you should have said the second window. Yeah, you should have said that. Because I was already at the first and window. And also, when you do say the second window, like, which one, which one do you mean? Like, second from the back or second, second from the front? I need some more detail. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's the alligator in the Wendy's. Okay. The next one I have for you guys is Princess Caribou. Oh. I've never heard of this. I feel like she's married to Jeff the Talking Mongoose. But it has something to do with my birthday. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And I didn't find out until after I'd been reading about it. Okay. So on April 3rd, 1817, a shoemaker in Almondsbury, Almondsbury, I'm not really sure, England, met a young woman who seemed to be extremely disoriented. He could not understand what the woman was saying as she was clearly speaking a different language. And this was one that he had never heard before. From what he could tell, she was wearing what he described, not my words, as exotic clothing and seemed to be from another country, possibly because of her like mannerisms, not mannerisms, but like demeanor in danger or lost. So his wife took the woman to the overseer of the poor. <laughs> okay. And this was like a public official that helped people in need. But like, I don't know why we had to call them the overseer of the poor. Right. Like it's, it's really giving like <laughs> dictator vibes. Yeah. I don't really love that. So this person, the overseer of the poor, places her with a local, with the local county magistrate, and his name was Samuel Worrell. 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 Sure. Samuel and his wife, Elizabeth, could not understand the woman either, but they eventually learned that she was referring to herself as caribou, and she had this, like, interest in Chinese imagery that they had in their home. 
They later sent her to a local inn. And while there, she points out this pineapple and refers to it as Nana. She's a swinger. <laughs> no, not a swinger. <laughs> All right. Not yet. Well, she's not, but that was a good guess. <laughs> okay. She refers to it as Nana's or Nana's. And this means pineapple in many different Indonesian languages. So they offered her a room with a bed, but she like insisted on sleeping on the floor. Well, Samuel Worrell, the magistrate, learns about this and he's like, immediately, she's a beggar. She needs to be tried for basically being a beggar. And we're sending her to Bristol to be tried. <laughs> that was a lot. It was very, it escalated very fucking quickly. Yeah, like, let's chill. Maybe she just likes the cold floor. Maybe right. her room's a little too hot. Maybe AC. she practices grandmism. So right. fuck off. <laughs> so <laughs> the bed was too fucking soft. Right. All right. For which she was imprisoned for being a beggar. Oh, my God. Right. Well, like within her first few days, it wasn't a long time of being in prison. A Portuguese sailor named Manuel E claims that he could understand her. And he starts translating for her. According to what she said to him and what he translated, the woman, her name was Princess Caribou of the island of Javasu in the Indian Ocean. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Javasu, or, but I could be pronouncing that. I have that no idea. I've never heard of that in my life. Yeah, it's probably a smaller island. She w had been captured, according to her. <laughs> she had been captured by pirates. And on this like long voyage with the pirates, when she could see land, she immediately jumped overboard and began just swimming to escape. And she just so happened to luckily be in the Bristol Channel and she swam ashore. Wow. Right. Everyone was fucking floored, like shocked. They were apologizing profusely for their accusations and their actions towards her ro royal highness. Like, she's royalty. You can't be fucking treating a princess like that. The Warhols, very promptly, in their sorrows for what the fuck they just did to her, like putting her in prison, took her back to their home and were like, you can stay in our guest bedroom. And she lived there for 10 weeks. She showed them her, quote, unquote, exotic royal mannerisms. Again, that's not my words. It's theirs such as swimming naked, praying to a god that she called Alatala, using bows and arrows, and fencing. Okay. She was gifted clothing that was made especially for her and her exotic, again, not my words, theirs, fashion. She had portraits painted of her, all of which were printed in local newspapers. Her authenticity was backed up by a man named Dr. Wilkinson, who identified her language officially and testified that these surgical markings and scars that she had on the back of her head were commonly used by Eastern surgeons, but they referred to them as Oriental surgeons. And I'm not sure the language on that. So Princess Caribou's story obviously sweeps the nation. Sweeps almost the world at this point. Telling of her adventures, her brave escape. Like she at this point was like, a hero. They were like, oh my God, this princess literally saved her own life. Like, like wow. From pirates. Exactly. She was royalty and she was treated as though. But after a month or so of fame, a boarding housekeeper came forward to the public with a troubling story about Miss Princess Caribou. This woman's name was Miss Neal. She was the keeper. 
And she knew that fucking woman in the portrait, and her name was not Princess Caribou. Uh Uh-oh. She was actually the daughter of a shoemaker in Witheridge named Mary Wilcox. Mary Wilcox was a servant girl that traveled around England looking for work and could never find a place to stay. Her head scars were not from Eastern doctors, but instead from a very awful cupping operation from a poorhouse hospital in London. So essentially, she was a giant fucking fraud. She's a con artist. That made up fake words and convinced everyone that it was a real language. But who's the guy that could translate that? A fake, I guess. I don't know. It's reminding me of The Hustle. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Or Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it was. And she used these fake made up words that maybe they were like a language that she knew a little bit of and like... That was it. He like could barely translate it. But, like, right. He was like, I know Portuguese and, you know, just like how people that, you know, know certain language can like a little bit understand other languages, so on and so forth. She then used cultural prop- appropriation. Obviously. For sure. And she created this storyline to have the life that she wanted and desired. So she faked it till she made it. I kind of love that. And it fucking worked. <laughs> Elizabeth Worrell, Samuel's wife, Felt really fucking bad for Mary and was like, we got to get you the fuck out of here because that was iconic as fuck. Yeah, like like you're going to have people are going to want your head. Let me send you. okay? so she sends her to Philadelphia on a ship. And that is actually where Elizabeth was from in the United States. So she sends Mary Wilcox on a ship over on June 28th, 1817. That blew my fucking mind when I read that. Now, she stayed in America and like actually played the role of Princess Caribou. I don't know if it was like as like a, a it, they made it sound like it was like a theater play. Okay. So yeah. Probably made like a whole like a thing out of it. But yeah. like also on the same, she might have really just been acting as Princess Caribou in the United States. States. Yeah. And she like continually wrote Elizabeth up until November of 1917. But in that last one, she was like, dude, everyone knows who I am. I'm a laughing stock. I can't just go anywhere. I'm notorious. Damn. What a problem to have, babe. What a con artist. Exactly. Smart women. So (laughs) she left America. She returned to England in 1824 where she was not as successful. Like she tried to do the same thing that she did in the U.S. People weren't really fucking loving Mm -hmm. it. She eventually married a man named Richard Baker in Bedminster in 1828 and gave birth to their daughter, who she named Mary Ann, the next year. Mary continued living her life as a mother and a wife in Bristol, and she started selling leeches to hospitals, opening up a business for it. She was a hustler, bitch. Yeah, she was. They uh, got her back. She really did. Yeah, she was like always securing her fucking For bag. sure. On Christmas Eve, 1864, she fell like in an accident, like slipped or something, and she died as a result of her injuries at the age of 72. Her daughter, Marianne, continued running her mother's leech selling business. She never married and she died in February of 1900 in a house fire along with her entire house that was filled with her pet cats. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Wait. What the fuck? No, when I read this, I was like, wait, I'm so fucking confused. I was not expecting that. No, I was not expecting it either. I was like expecting like a con artist. Yeah. At like some point and for it to be like one of the most bizarre female crimes in history. Yeah. But then I was like not expecting her to be like a literal <laughs> sociopath. No, she was a little crazy. I kind of like that. For I do too, though. Like, you know, I ain't gonna lie. Like, don't do cult- cultural appropriation, but do fake it till you make it. Yeah. Speaking of crazy women, 
We got another one. Amazing. Drice coffee. Oh, this is from Metro News and I'm calling it the highway to hell. Okay. So in Ebbing, New Hampshire, 53-year-old Joyce Coffee was on the highway to hell. Okay. No, literally, like, our bestie Joyce was jamming to ACDC's Highway to Hell inside her home on repeat. That's literally me. It was so loud that on that Tuesday in August of 2012, a neighbor called in a noise complaint, prompting the police to pull on up. She even switched it with knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Nope. It was just, I'm on the high. Over and over again. Over and uh, over again. Bitch was getting ready. She was like doing lines of coke. Bitch was ready Joyce to go run through ready a to go. fucking brick wall. So the police show up. They knock on her door. They give her a warning and they told her, you know, next time it's a season ticket on a one way ride. No pun intended. <laughs> I hope you guys like that. Season ticket on, on a one way ride. No pun intended. But she, the police officers left. And as they got a little further away, she cranked that shit back up as soon as they got far away enough that they wouldn't hear it. And she's jamming out again to You know that the police walked up and they were like, bro, we love this song. But like, can you turn it down? Can we chill out for a bit? And Joyce is like, yeah, for sure. Bye. Have a good day. I'm on the headbanging again. Yeah, exactly. An hour later, the police showed back up. Of course. And sure enough, she was still on the highway to hell. Yeah. So they arrested her and she was taken into custody. Bitch, what? They gave her a warning. Okay. And they were like, come on. Like, we gave you your warning. You're coming with us. She's like, I pay HOA facts. So they arrest her, but obviously they have like no real reason to keep her. Right. So once she got to the station, she was immediately released. Mm -hmm. When she returned back home, any guesses on what she did? She turned that shit back up. She turned that shit back the (laughs) fuck up. Highway to hell on full volume, full sending it. Yes. For the next Five hours. The song was on repeat. And the neighbors are like actually going hysterical. Like no, they're actually point. like the manipulator police. <laughs> right. Where are you? And officers showed up again and they arrested her. They're like, Joyce, we're getting tired of this shit. So let's go. You're coming with us. We're done with the highway to hell. You're on the highway to jail. You're on the highway to jail now. You're coming with us. Yep. So they arrested her. And when they got to the station, again, there was no real reason to occupy the jail with her. So right. she's released, sent her on her way. The following morning, she woke up and she chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> and it was um, early, early, early in the morning. And like before sunrise. And she starts cranking it again. I would have too. Highway to hell. At this point, she's like, fuck my neighbors. No, literally. Fuck the five of Fuck like, you. I'm here. Fuck everyone. I'm on the highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. Again, full volume. It was early as fuck in the morning. And this time she wasn't playing it on repeat. She was alternating between ACDC and Guns N' Roses. So she was given a little bit of slack, but like jamming out 100,000% volume. Okay, okay, okay. We're here. So now she's playing Knock, Knock, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah, now she's playing that. So she says, Highway to Hell. But now I'm also knocking on Heaven's Door. Now I'm not not knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah. So, of course, when the call came in across the radar again, the police knew what was going on. So they showed up. And they arrested her and they released her again only an hour later. Yeah, 100%. Later that day, her nephew had stopped by the house to pick up some of his things. And clearly he had just made out or moved out. Not made out. He didn't make out out with his aunt. (laughs) Clearly he had just moved out. Making me think that she was probably obsessing over Highway to Hell because her nephew just moved out. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. You're on the Highway to Hell, motherfucker. Fuck you. Thank God you're gone. I'm going to listen to my music as loud as I want to every day. Right. Because And I assume this because when he entered her house, she grabbed a frying pan and she threw it right at his head. Oh, my God. And it hit him right in the head. Oh, God. So he calls the police and she got arrested 
again. Oh, God. And she was finally put in jail. Now she's booked. And at her court hearing, the judge told her, you need to invest in some headphones. No, really, 100%. And that's how a woman got arrested four times in 26 hours because of the song, The Highway to Hell, was Dude, playing. that's going to be me. <laughs> if anybody was wondering no, who... No, it won't be Highway to Hell. It'll be like, yo, 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 welcome back. <laughs> like, this bitch will not stop listening to herself over and over <laughs> and over again on her surround sound speakers. Your shoes just trip me out because they look pink and neon green. Oh, yeah, we got some weird lighting going on here, y'all. Yeah, it was true. No, that's literally going to be me. Honestly, that would be my dad and my my like honorary Uncle Paul. Yeah, at our for sure. <laughs> they're neighbors at our river house. Right? And it would be your mom calling. She'd be yeah, like, it's it, my mom. She's she's like, I can't. My mom and Penny. They're like, they literally will not fucking stop. They they're just driving got their us new amps. We just want to sleep. <laughs> we just want to sleep. They got their new amps out. The cops come. He leaves. He plays it. Yeah, cool literally again. again. My, my dad would get arrested. He comes back. He plays it again for like uh, avoid. Uh, uh, evading arrest. Mm-hmm. That's what the fuck. They, they would get on the fucking little boat and just <laughs> blasted blast it off away on the river. And then all of a sudden, Bucky appears in the boat. All of a sudden, Bucky's on his bass boat. He's fishing. He's yeah. passing a line and he's head bobbing with him. And he's head bobbing. And then they're <laughs> screaming, Come get us, Bucky. Bucky swings over. They're gone. <laughs> Paul and Chip are gone. Anyway, I love it. That's yeah. me, actually. Okay. So this is the last one, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Because this one is very, very interesting. Ooh. So this is a story of. Edwin Rist, okay? And Edwin Rist was born in 1989 and raised by his parents in their home in the Hudson Valley of New York. Edwin was extremely, extremely intelligent. And he was homeschooled by his parents as their, like, main source of income was breeding Labradoodles. Okay. Iconic. For sure. By the time Edwin was entering his teenage years, he was showing incredible gifted levels of intelligence and was considered a prodigy on the flute. But one of his favorite hobbies that like very much overshadowed his flute love was the art of Victorian fly tying. What is that? And this is like the making. uh, At first I was thinking it's like this is where people like tie strings around bees and flies. Like that's what I first thought. No, it is the making of artificial flies used by fly fishing okay. people, anglers. I'm with you. Right. So this was mainly practiced by extremely wealthy men as a pastime hobby. And it really like picked up steam in the mid 1800s with the use of rare exotic bird feathers. Ed- and like Charles Darwin and like a bunch of like people like that, like have a lot to do with this. Like they mm-hmm. were obsessed with it, too. So it was like considered very prestigious to make these. Right. Even though, like, none of them fly fished. So he becomes obsessed with making these flies, right? Like I said, it was a mainly a hobby that was practiced by extremely wealthy men as a pastime starting in the mid-1800s. And they used the feathers of very rare exotic birds. Edwin became obsessed. And his parents got him lessons from this older fly tire. And this dude, like, taught Edwin everything he knew because it was like a... It still is like something that's very uncommon and yeah. to find like a l- young kid that was obsessed with it. Like, I'm sure this older man was like so fucking right. I'm sure they had a thrilled. great relationship. Right. Yeah. So this leads to Edwin entering in contests and winning like all of these awards and going to these conferences on like his tactics because he had amazing speed and his ability to create perfect 
elegant, stunning flies was like uncanny, right? Once he had completed high school, Edwin went on to college where he studied music and the flute at London's Royal Academy of Music. Because of this, Edwin needed a new flute because he was about to be competing with so many other prodigies. He needed to stand out and Mm -hmm. they had fresh ass shit, right? Right. However, his family was struggling financially, so they could not afford to buy him a very expensive new flute, also paying tuition to send him international amazing schools. Yeah. But Edwin had an idea. He wrote a letter using an alias, posing as a researcher to the British Natural History Museum, requesting access to this very specific branch that was located 30 minutes outside of London. It was called Tring, or it's at Tring. I'm not really sure. What do you mean by branch? It's like a branch of, you know how like the Smithsonian has like many different ones. It's like that. So this is where 95% of all known bird specimens on earth are held intact. Live. Not live. Dead. Okay. Taxidermied. Taxidermied. Yes. In 2009, the museum, (laughs) me. Dead. (laughs) Dead. In 2009, the museum granted him access to this branch to come have a visit. You had to like literally get access to come here. That's how top secret this thing is. Not top secret, but like regulated this mm-hmm. thing is. There he toured the facility. He took photos, videos. He drew diagrams and he wrote out an entire plan. This was designed to allow him to swiftly and carefully break in to train. A few months later, he played in a school concert. He had perfected his plan over the months and he jumped on a late night train to train. <laughs> he gets to the museum Uh-oh. with glass cutters, gloves, a duffel bag, and a backpack in tow. Ready to get those feathers. He breaks through a back window into the museum and takes 299 birds, <gasps> placing them in his duffel bag and backpack. Oh, my God. He then uses these feathers to create flies of extreme rare value that made him extremely wealthy. It was not until months later that the museum even realized that 299 of their 75, wait, 750,000 birds were missing. I don't think I ever would have realized. 299 out of 750. No shot. 750,000. No. It would take a year before they could even get a detective to like take this case seriously. And then a few more years for them to like actually get a viable lead that would point towards Edwin Rist. Once he was confronted, he immediately confessed. He was like, yeah, I fucking did it. He was arrested, but then promptly released as he admitted it was due to his autism that he hyperfixated on these specimens. He was tried, but never convicted or never made to like serve any jail time or have any consequences. Really? Though there is not an exact number on the amount of money worth of birds that he took, we know that it's in the hundreds of thousands. Wow. Through his sales, Edwin made thousands and thousands of dollars. And they were like, so what did you buy? And guess what he bought? What? A flute. Oh. And that was it. He just bought a flute. Oh. Is that so sweet? Wait, I gotta love him. I gotta love him. Poor guy. He just was like, oh, I know how to fix this. I just wanted to make really cool stuff. And like, you guys I'm, had the product. Here are the things I'm good at. You don't need it there. Right. So like, let, let me, me give it to people that will actually enjoy it instead of being locked up and regulated for no one to see. Exactly. And let me make my money so I can buy my flu. And they were like, where are all the birds? And he's like, they're in my house. <laughs> and they got the birds. 
<laughs> so they're good. I think everybody's it's actually iconic. Isn't it iconic? He was like, I just need a new flute. This is the best way I can figure out to do yeah. it. 100%. He's like, I would have, I probably would have sufficed with one, but yeah, like, you know, 299 was just seemed a little more fun. I, right. Once I got in there, I got a little carried away. Yeah. He's like, I got really excited. And yeah. like, the, I think their main reason, like this was such a big deal is because I, I want to say it was Charles Darwin. I'm, I could be really wrong though. He had ordered like 300 birds from who knows where they were exotic, very rare birds. He had ex- ordered like taxidermy birds they were sent to him they were stolen it was a big fucking deal like a big deal back in the day and they like never found them they never figured out who stole them like all this shit and then he just kind of like recreated that crime in a different way yeah that because is that was like the history funny. of fly tying was right. charles darwin he was like one of the first to pick it up he was like well i could do that too yeah he was like honestly it- Someone stole his. I'll steal some. Yeah. Revenge. Revenge. Eye for an eye. Revenge. They probably stole his. So I'll yeah. come back for him. Yeah. I'll go get him. And then we'll, you know, eat we'll even. Swap. The, the fly tires community is now equal. We're good. Yeah. So yeah, that wow. was it. that's cute. And I think a lot of people believe that the birds that Darwin ordered, if it was Darwin, again, don't quote me on that, were taken by the government and put into like research facilities. Oh, I believe that. Right. I believe that. Conspiracy? Yeah. Probably. 100%. 100%. But birds aren't real, so. Yeah. <laughs> birds aren't real. Well, happy birthday. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. This is shit that, like, I wish we could, I wish every episode was like. I know. I wish we could just do, like, dark histories and what the fuck crimes all yeah. the time. But honestly, we could make it, like, a thing if you guys want it to be a thing. Yeah, we could. We could do it, like, every other month. Not every month idea. if you wanted it to. Every oh. month. Mm. Or that could be the bonus episode that we replace creepy accounts with. Creepy yeah. can't go back, whatever you want. Let us know if you liked it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this Savion Blanc. I'm feeling it. Me too. I stopped drinking though because I got scared. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Give me yours. I'll drink it. I figured. Even though I got to edit. <laughs> so good luck. You know what I've been thinking about the last couple minutes? What? Is that I have to hug you tonight? You don't have to hug me tonight. Yeah, because you're going. Oh my God. Yeah. You might not ever see me again. I have to. What if I died? I've been not dreading it, but you know, I have been dreading it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I get it. I get it. I forced you to hug me before you left. (laughs) It's only fair. It's only fair. I am. There's some friends where I just don't care. You know, I'll hug them, but yeah. Why? I I don't know why we're like that because we really are like very supportive. Like very close friends. <laughs> I think it's because I just like kind of view you more of like a sister than I do a best friend. I me. agree with that. Yeah. Like I do view you more like a sister. And like though I like, you know, love hugging my sisters, me and my sisters don't hug. Right. Marley knows. I We don't. Hug. We call them awkward sister hugs. But like I try to like, I, I'm like that annoying sister to Marley though. I'm like, give me a hug. That's literally me with Lola and Phoebe. But when it's you, but when like, I do, I'm just like, ugh. but we're together all the time. Like. You know, like a hug for me is being like it's a B day hug and it's a it's a bye bye hug. So yeah, like what if I never came back? You'll be back. All right, <laughs> I know you'll come back. <laughs> you will. I will rise from the dead you before I like crazy crimes. And end up in that chair right there. I will, I will wake the fuck up right there in that right chair. There. Yeah, yeah. You'll be like, wait, there was a what? And you're like, oh, Taylor and Logan are in front of their computers. You hear Logan playing with Aaron. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. Wow. I thought they were playing garage. Stop. Well, knock on wood right now. No, seriously. Wood veneer club. Are you kidding? No, I'm, it's because I'm in my own head. I haven't let my. You guys know, like, I'm a little bit of a freaker outer mm-hmm. about traveling. Headcase. 
Yeah, I just like get in my head, like all that shit. But anyways, this is too long, so we gotta go. Yeah, love you, bye, happy birthday. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoy next week's episode. We'll be back in real time in on one forty six. This is the longest we're gonna go without speaking to cre- creeps and crimes to the besties. Love you. Are we gonna be okay? Just go ahead and everyone fucking prepare <laughs> that the next few episodes you're not gonna get us to shut the fuck up. Yeah, no. Okay, love you. I feel bad for the pipe and hot goss. Me too. Love you, bye. bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.